0: It's so good to see you all this morning. Can we give it up for those who are online with us one time? Welcome wherever you're watching, wherever you're with us from. This morning is, is, is a special morning. Um, I'm so excited to be in the house with you, but also knowing that later people will watch this on YouTube, and I, I pray that this morning is encouraging to you. I want to first direct your attention if you're in the house. I think I might be giving myself in the, in the monitor still, if I can get those out of the monitors. Thank you so much, George. This white card, as you walked in, is actually in those two boxes on the way out. That you can just write your name, contact info. This is our way to follow up with you if you're in person. If you are with us online, DM us, shoot us a message on Instagram, Facebook, so we can meet you. Past few weeks, we've been passing out these booklets. And this is one, the 2023 Leaving a Legacy booklet. I'm so excited about this because this is your faithfulness, your generosity. We couldn't put every single detail in, but it's about eight pages of just what God did in 2023. Some of the key highlights, I encourage you to go back and look through that after service. And then this as well uh, is the next phase of our church, which we are calling For the City. You've probably heard us say over and over, uh, some people think our church is called For the One Church. We are called One Church, but our mission statement is that we're For the One, that we, we didn't start this church to compete with other churches But we started this church to reach the lost let me just say that again we did not start this church to compete with others or to make our brand or do whatever but we we started this to reach those who are far from god but might be close to us that we might see as many one to jesus as possible and so i'm super excited this morning i have a couple guests and before i bring them up this morning it's an honor because this weekend as a chaplain i wear a few different hats i wear the lead pastor hat but i also wear the chaplain hat and i'm from westfield but coming full circle you know all-star weekend was supposed to be in our city in 2021 it was delayed three years because of covid and we have actually two guests. I wanna invite them up. Can you give it up for first off, Glenn Morrison Jr.? Give it up for him one time. Come on up here, bro. My brother. And also, can we just shout him out on the keys one time? My goodness. My goodness. Uh, have a seat, bro. And um, also, I wanna welcome up my man, Nobles Darby, the fourth one time in the house. And uh, it'd be cool. Let's let's throw up a picture real quick one time, my guy, uh, of how we all met. So this is kind of crazy. If you reverse this picture in a second, you know, I went to All-Star Weekend last year and um, just shared with these guys, you know, hey, I feel like God's kind of calling me into this. And right away, I don't know if you've ever met someone where, you know, you, you've never known them before, but it's like within the first five minutes, you feel like you're best friends. And it's like... It's a kingdom principle that we were talking earlier with our dream team that God accelerates things. When his hand is on something, things that take five years, God does in one year. Things that should take five hours, God does in five minutes. And instantly the three of us just kind of knew, they were already bros before, but the three of us kind of knew that God was orchestrating our friendships. And what's crazy is now that I serve with the Mad Ants downtown with our Pacers G League team, You can't even make this up. Glenn is in Illinois with the Chicago Bulls, Windy City, G League team. Nobles serves with the Cavaliers, the Browns, but also the Cleveland Charge, which is the G League team in Ohio. And so literally we're standing there in that picture and it's hitting me that we are three states in a row. (laughs) Standing there that God ordained these relationships so that we could learn together, we could grow together, we could sharpen one another. We could also share some laughter together. And so we've spent a lot of time together, really, over the last 12 months. Uh, We were down in Orlando, Florida together. And the three of us just said, man, instead of us just doing our own thing on an island, why don't we come together every once in a while and let's do something that would benefit the body of Christ to edify, to build up, to encourage, to exhort. And so we are calling this panel this morning the Chaplain Chat. And I'm so excited. It's the, it's the first one that we've ever done together. But before we jump in, I would love to pray together. So would you bow your heads with me? Father, we, we gather for the name of Jesus, Lord. We want to see you lifted high, but we also want to see as many one to you as possible. Paul prayed, 1 Corinthians 9. To win as many as possible, Lord, the world is so dark There's so many hurting people. There's so many people that are claiming all sorts of religion. Your truth is my truth. But, Lord, we know that you are the truth. And, Lord, you use things like sports, things like music, things like fashion and food and media. And you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn our passions into a platform. You turn even the things that we like into something that would shine your love. And so, Father, we pray over the next few minutes that you would... Speak through the three of us, Lord, and I pray that this would be edifying, encouraging, and uplifting to your name. It's in Jesus' name that we all pray. Amen. amen and amen. I want to toss it to you guys first, though. Before we jump into like content, why don't you just give a quick intro, maybe your fam, how you even got to serving where you're at, and maybe even the other hats you wear as well beyond just the chaplain hat. So, Nobles, I'll toss it to you first. First off... Oh, we're hot, we're hot, we're hot. We're we're
1: super hot. First off, what's up, One Church? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Um, I just want to say this real quick, bro. Um, One, my family and I love you guys. Uh, You know, when we came last May, you guys embraced us. Um, You guys can see. My son is a little bit older now, which is a blessing to be able to come back and be with you guys. There's not a week that doesn't go by that we don't lift up one church, we don't lift up your pastors. Andy and Lianza, we just love you guys. So I wanted to first say that. Um, Just appreciate your love and support. Secondly, can we acknowledge how fly y'all pastor looked, though, this morning? Like, my dog put it on, for real. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm trying to be like him. Oh man, so, listen,
1: uh, no, you got it. Hey, listen, r- true true story, real quick. Andy had me in the team shop yesterday at Gamebridge Fieldhouse for an hour, trying on different coats. <laughs> Matter of fact, he had he treated me like the clothes rack. I'm holding his jackets <laughs> while he's trying on three different ones. Bro. <laughs> but he picked the right one. He picked the right one. That's awesome. uh, yeah, <laughs>
0: that, that's hilarious that is that is true yeah yeah yeah. he was very grace-filled
1: absolutely but um yeah you know from cleveland ohio was with you guys last year and a little bit has changed um from that time so um, full-time ministry but i don't do it alone i definitely have to recognize my beautiful wife miss hadassah Um, can you guys give it up for her real quick we'll be married eight years uh this may so in a couple months and then my little dude Cinco is now uh, one or 14 months now. So just a blessing for us to be able to travel and do these things together. Um, so Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Metro Cleveland director. So been overseeing um, you know, all of what happens in Cleveland from a ministry standpoint for almost three years now. Uh, and then I've been on staff for a total of six this coming July. um, By way of relationships through FCA, I was invited to come in and be a chaplain with the Cavs, so I just wrapped up, or I'm in my third season right now, um, which has been extremely phenomenal. Uh, Some things I'll share later, you know, about success stories and, you know, just incredible, crazy favorite doors that God has opened. Um, And then right before I came to see you guys here last year, God had opened the door for me to come in as the co-chaplain for the Cleveland Browns. Well, I'm excited to share that effective March 1st, I'm now the full-time lead chaplain for the Cleveland Browns. Come on, um, so,
0: Come on. Yeah.
1: so you guys are getting some breaking news that hasn't even hit social media yet. But um, you know, y'all family, so I wanted to share that. Yeah, so you know, just a blessing to be able to serve in this space. And uh, with that, I kick it to my bro.
0: testing.
2: here we go. We in here. Uh, let's just give uh, Nobles and, and Pastor Andy uh, a hand clap. We. We call it at our church a hand clap of praise, but uh, that, that, that's amazing. I uh, just want to kind of bounce off what you said and I'll share. That is amazing um, that when God opens the door, no man uh, can shut it. <clears throat> I'm just privileged to be on the stage with these two guys. Um, I think probably I should have gone um, la- uh, before Nobles, because I don't really have as much to say, right? Uh, But uh, I serve as an executive pastor uh, in my father's ministry, Emmanuel Temple Church in Springfield, Illinois. And uh, I've been married to my wife, Jada, who's singing up here for, this year will be 10 years of holy matrimony. Uh, Together uh, over these 10 years, uh, we have a a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old, three amazing children that are keeping us uh, on our knees praying, most definitely. Uh, and seeking God for patience. Uh, But um, they're amazing children. Um, To share just a little bit about myself, um, I'm in a pivotal moment in my life right now. Um, God has spoken to me for at least over a decade and told me that I would do full-time ministry. And uh, last December, God opened the door for me to be able to be fully employed with our ministry um, at our church. Um, Yes, yes, that's a reason to give God. Um, so we, we, uh, we quit our jobs on our, our day jobs, right on faith and God opened this door up and, um, we just launched our own nonprofit, um, called the spiritual weight room and it's a ministry based nonprofit organization, uh, just where we're able to kind of primarily reach athletes, but it's realistically, we're trying to tailor make it for absolutely anyone. Because in life, um, a lot of you probably, how many of you go to the gym? Yeah, well, listen, this is me. Don't feel bad, okay? I'm with the people with their hand down. Uh, Maybe I need to do a little bit better so I can be as strong as nose. But but most importantly, I will say this, being spiritually fit uh, is the key to um, happiness. It's the key um, to getting into the kingdom of heaven, amen? Um, So that is something where we are right now. I'm in some... Just a pivotal moment, and, and he's announcing something. And a couple of months, I'll hit the TED, Ted Talk stage. So uh, that's hey. something that hasn't hit social media quite yet. Hey, uh, so uh, I've been in trainings, and they make you go through jump through a couple of hoops and things like that that you have to do. Um, but I'm believing God that's going to open some doors um, for us to be able to do Boom. what we do, even on a larger scale. Um, amen. So that's just a little and bit thanks, about myself.
0: Man, that's so good. And I think just to set the stage too for this, even calling it a chaplain chat, you know, some of us, some of you, or maybe watching online, maybe you've already tuned us out. Like, I'm not into sports. I don't. I don't like Andy. I don't get excited about Super Bowl All Star. Like I know you do, but I don't, right? And and I just want to speak to you for a second, if you're with us. That what are you interested in? Because I think a lot of people, to set the stage for our our, our chat here, is that when you when you come to Jesus. Religion would tell you that everything that you were ever interested in basically has to be now separate. And and really it's now you and God and that's all that matters anymore. And yes, God is our first priority. Matthew 6:33, seek the kingdom first. But the difference between religion and relationship is religion keeps God in a box. Religion says God stays here. Think of it this way if i told my wife i only talk to you in one place how weird would that be think about that we we only meet here lienza you and i we only get dinner in this church and everywhere else i don't talk to you but we have a relationship i talk to her if i'm on the road i talk to her if i'm on the basketball court i talk to her if i'm getting ready in the morning that's our, our relationship with the lord is because Like I said in the spoken word earlier, because the the veil has been torn. Y'all, we don't live under the law. We live under grace and and that has given us access to his presence. And what we're teaching our players, the same thing for your business, your classroom, apply it wherever you're at is a relationship. I bring God, he brings me wherever we go together. So if I'm on a basketball court, he's with me. It's a relationship. If I'm at Kroger, God is with me. This is ministry. And we have made church just about these four walls. And what we're trying to do this morning is to help you expand the territory in your mind of where God wants to use you. It may not be sports, and that's okay. I'm not going to stand up here and act like you're interested in all that. That's fine. But where has he called you? To be salt and light. So to set the tone for that, I, I want to unpack a scripture with you, and then I'm going to ask a few questions to you guys, and we're going to kind of go back and forth. And it's this scripture from 1 Corinthians 9, and Paul sets the stage of what it's like to be salt and light in the world. And can we just be honest? We live in a really divisive world right now, more than ever. You post something on social media, you're going to get pegged as something. You may have very pure intentions to reach the lost and people are gonna camp you somewhere. They're gonna cancel you if they don't camp you. You can tweet that later, I guess, but <laughs> that's not in my notes, just came to me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But here, here, here's what Paul says. He says, even though I'm a free man with no master, I've been freed from religion. I live in relationship with Christ. I've become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. Does that mean he's a people pleaser? No. Does that mean that he does things for people to like him? No. What does that mean? He says, when I was with the Jews, I was living like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I lived too under the law, even though that I am not subject to the law. I did this so that I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I'm with the Gentiles who do not live who do not follow the Jewish law, I live apart from the law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God, but I obey the law of Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness. I bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find what? Yeah. Somebody say it again. Turn to your neighbor, tell them it's, it's common, ground. common ground. We live in a world right now that cannot find common ground with one another. You're either left or you're right. You're Democrat, you're Republican. Oh, you, you voted for that person last year, we, I don't know if we can still like be friends on Facebook. I, and yes, there are certain things in the Bible that draw a line. Hear me very clearly. Am I saying, agree with everything that the world says? Am I saying, go into your city? When we say we're for the city, we're not saying we promote everything our city does. But what we are saying is that we do not gather just to gather. We gather, church, to scatter We gather to scatter. We scatter and we come back to gather. Paul is saying this. Can you be so mature in your relationship with Christ that you can find common ground with someone but not compromise your faith? Because a lot of us don't know how to find common ground with someone that's not a believer. Oh, you don't, you don't, you're Muslim? Oh, okay, I, I don't really know. You know how many things you can find common ground with people? We're made in His image. We go through things that that connect us more than we would ever understand, and so Paul eventually says this: "I do this to spread the good news and share in its blessing." So, one of the one of the first questions that I want to bring up to you guys is: is how do you, especially as chaplains, pe- people that are you're in your community, you're wearing several hats. Some people see you as a pastor. Some people see you see you as a chaplain, a friend. A mentor a community director leader how, how do you speak the language of the culture you find common ground with someone but also stay set apart because the Bible is really clear that if someone's gonna look at our life if, if they're gonna know that we're a believer they should know by our fruit right they should know by our actions and before I start preaching into my own question I want to talk it to you guys so yeah how do you speak the language and stay set apart for you guys my um <clears throat> my
2: response to that question is um i create um some sort of a of a boundary for lack of better terms a boundary meaning there's certain things that we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about there's a certain way we're not i'm personally not going to speak you know what i mean uh, there's places that i just refuse um to find myself in simply because you know, guilty by association, right? You don't let your good be evil spoken of, um, and everybody has every um, reason why they'll go out and you know they'll they'll go amongst. And I'm doing this; they'll go amongst the people. That's their excuse um, to fulfill that flesh. Um, but the important part is holding a standard and letting those people know. Uh, what who, who it is that you are living for and what it is you stand stand for and stand by so that those people can gain a level of respect for the God that's on the inside of you um, common ground that 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 scripture there is very powerful um, just because they curse doesn't mean you have to speak that way. Um, just because um, you know you, you you all you're going out to love on them, maybe they're sitting at the dinner table, whatever the case might be. Uh, they order a drink. It doesn't mean that you have to. You have to order a drink. <laughs> you know, there's just you just have to find the place. And 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 I'll give you a little bit of a disclaimer here. Um, um, the background of the doctrine that I come out of is the Church of God in Christ. Uh, it's an organization that's been around for over 100 years, and uh, we are a very strong, um, holy dis church, meaning we preach holiness, obviously, with God's grace, understanding that we all fall short of God's uh, great of the glory of God, we all fall short. Um, but the reason why we preach holiness is because with with and by way of the Holy Spirit, um, you can live better, you can do better. And with the Holy Spirit, I say it like this all the time, you want to get it right more than you get it wrong. Okay, you want to get it right. The good should outweigh, and then the more and longer you're living for God, um, you should get it right more times than you get it wrong. the 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 margin should grow, if you know what I'm saying. Obviously, understanding. And I wanted to give that disclaimer because my answers, they can come off aggressive to some people, um, but if you can sit in front of a TV and watch someone have sex, well, we got kids here.
0: just finish your thought though I mean it,
2: well I mean you know they, if, you, if, they, if they've got a TV I'm sure uh they've come across it it's in our commercials it's whatever but uh then why can't we preach black and white exactly what's out of the Bible right um so um I just wanted to share that because that's that's where I'm coming from and not so much to say that I'm perfect but more so to say that we must continue to strive for it
0: yeah and I want to build off that real quick before Nobles goes just to to piggyback off that that We've been talking as a church the past few weeks too about the concept of truth and grace. And a lot of us grew up in a church that was leading one way or the other, right? And a lot of people who grew up in a predominantly truth church, little grace, end up walking away from the faith because they feel like they could never please God, right? And then some people who grew up in like a, hey, come as you are and stay as you are. Oh my God. That's not the gospel. <laughs> Jesus says, come to me as you are, but I will change you where you're at. That, I don't want to get too much into it again, but, but again, truth and grace. And I love that we're coming from two different church backgrounds. Nobles, go for it.
1: Yeah, so I love uh, the scripture you just had up because it tees up my answer real perfectly. So one of the scriptures that I often reference uh, from Paul is 1 Thessalonians 2 and 8 and this is really like my life verse as it pertains to chaplaincy. Um, Paul says, it wasn't enough that we shared the good news with you, but our lives as well. And so for me, it's important with any locker room I'm in, any team I get introduced to, to understand, I don't wanna just come in as the preacher. I just wanna come in as a dude you can vibe with, somebody you can kick it with, somebody you can have conversations. So true story, I'ma have a lot of stories today, all right? So when I got introduced to the Browns in April, of last year, this is literally how my first conversation to the team went. I gave them my spiel, told them a little bit about who I was. I'm from Cleveland, but working with the Cavs, so on and so forth. At the very end of my talk, I said, guys, I'm here for two reasons. One, to serve you. Two, to prove nobody in this locker room is fresher than me. Like, nobody in this locker room has better sneaker collection than mine. So the whole room starts laughing, right? But this is what happens. So every day the guys came off the practice field, I had on a different pair of sneakers. So guys that never came to chapel, now were engaging with the chaplain because they saw something they could identify with. And so I was telling Andy last night, I just call sneakers Gentile bait, right? (laughs) Right? Because it's going to, they're going to see something they identify with, but it's going to draw them in to the point at some point, now that we've established just a relationship, I'm going to be able to speak into your life. You're going to begin to ask me questions that you may not have even considered before. And and that's just something that's really important to me to understand that when we share our lives, that's when God really just can create the best environments for discipleship and life transformation. The last thing I'll share is this. Um, I was going through a panel of, I wouldn't say interviews, but you know, talking to different people throughout the facility as I was coming in. And there was one question in particular that I was asked by one of the team therapists. She said, Nobles, what makes you relevant? Like, how do you think you're gonna be able to come in and have success when there's 53 plus guys in this building, all different faiths, all different backgrounds? And I shared this with her, and I know this conversation is really heavy sports focus, but I believe what I share can tie to any industry, whether you're in education, whether you're in the medical field, whatever the case may be. I said, these are my four Rs. These are the four things that I live by. I said, one, I'm gonna be righteous, because I believe that as a chaplain, as, as a man of God, right, I can't come in here and uh, live a certain way and expect or demand that guys should believe anything that I'm saying. So I need to live above reproach, is what the scripture tells us. Second is I'm gonna be real. Now in being real, I'm gonna be transparent with wisdom, right, I'm not gonna just open up and share everything as every single time, but there are moments where I need to be real and get, you know, naked, so to speak, in front of someone so that they can be real with me. The third thing I said is I'm gonna be relatable. Like what you see is what you get. You know, how I dress in front of you guys right now is how I show up every single day to every practice facility, every chapel. I'm not the suit and tie type of guy. Again, I told him I'm the freshest dude in the building. So, like, what like you see is bed. what you
2: get. just like this to bed. I
1: don't know about that. <laughs> um, and then last, I'm going to be relevant. Right, I believe that although we're in the world, we're not of it. So I need to be culturally aware of what's going on. What are issues that these guys cares about? What is the music that they're listening to? How does that music um, you know, impact their soul and things of that nature? And so those four Rs, although I'm using them in a sports context, I believe that all of us, when you're righteous, when you're real, when you're relatable, and when you're relevant, God can use you in your industry to reach the lost and bring them back to him.
0: Let's give it up for that. That's amazing, Nobles. That's, uh, that's, that's... Write that down, go back, rewatch that. And I I would love to, Nobles, just real quick, could you touch on what you've been doing with the YMCA? Our church is getting ready to move into a YMCA. We're the church partner of our Y here in our city. Being built, it'll be done in January. Can you touch on more what you've been able to do in Cleveland and why the Y, you know?
1: Absolutely, so uh, one thing that I wanna make sure that I state um, before I dive into that question Is one of the things that we have to be mindful of no matter again what field what industry what sector you're in like please believe you haven't been asked to be there but rather you've been called like because when you understand you've been called you move different you think different you operate different you pray different you consecrate yourself differently I think about Samuel in the Bible God didn't ask for Samuel what did he do he called him right and he called him by name like, and he called him by name so that when he recognized God's voice, he responded to do what God had called him to do. And so, you know, one of the things with the Y, I believe God called us, you know, to partner with the Y. And, and there, I'll never forget, there was a conversation with the executive director of the Y in Cleveland, and he was excited to partner with FCA because this was his very words. He said, Nobles, I literally just had a meeting with our board of directors this morning, and we were talking about the initials in YMCA. And he said, we've been living a lie all these years. He said, we're not young, we don't just serve men, and yes, we're an association, but he said, the C, we've fallen so far away from our Christian values and principles, and he pulls out a manual, and the manual is entitled, The C in YMCA. And he said, nobles, I declare through this partnership, we're going to reclaim the C in YMCA through the platform of sports. And so... And so with that, when we took in this inner city youth basketball league in partnership with the Cavs, I'm gonna wrap it up here. This is how uh, the C was reclaimed, right? I'll never forget, there was a young man named DeMarco uh, my wife and I went to church with his grandmother, um, DeMarco. She came and she said, hey, I need to put him in this basketball league because he's having a hard time at school. His behavior is failing. His grades are slipping. He doesn't know how to make friends. He's socially isolated. And I need to put him around some positive young men, some role models so that, they, that he can learn from. She said, what you don't know is that the reason DeMarco was struggling is because his father just began a 12 year prison sentence. So DeMarco doesn't know how to connect with men, let alone other people around him, because the very one he thought was gonna be involved in his life is now gonna miss over a decade of it. And so I said absolutely, bring DeMarco in. We were able to raise enough money to where every child, I'm gonna say that again, every child in this league played for free. They got full uniform tickets to Cavs games. Uh, We had a six week league, end of year celebration. It was awesome and before every practice, Every kid engaged in a Bible study. All of them have Bibles, we pray before every game, because although we were using the platform of basketball, we had to make sure we let the Cavs know we're not gonna have mission drift. We're here to lift up Jesus through the game of basketball. And so she comes to me, his grandmother, about a month after, with tears in her eyes after practice, and she says, nobles, I have to tell you what God has done in DeMarco's life. Every single morning he wakes up and I see him reading his Bible. He's listening to Jesus songs in the car, and all he's talking about is Jesus. He's learning how to make friends. His grades are improving. He's not missing class anymore. And at the end of that, basketball league. I found out a couple months later, DeMarco was now in his school telling his friends about Jesus. He was discipling them and reading scriptures to them and talking to them about the God that changed his life and then DeMarco went to get baptized at 12 years old because he wanted to make a public declaration of a private change that God made in his life. So as you guys are going into the YMCA, I decree and I declare that more life transformation is going to happen in this city and the 99 that's already been found as God has called you to be one church, he's yeah. gonna bring the ones to you to redeem Come back on, into man. the kingdom Come of on, God. Bro,
0: preach, bro, preach, bro. <laughs> Amen. Two things off that one is we got to talk about full court faith for Indianapolis because that yeah. I know that's a part of your vision to expand that yeah. and to see that go to other NBA teams and the YMCA. That's gonna be an amazing conversation to continue on. But Glenn I want to toss it to you for a second because one of the, the hats that you're wearing is a chaplain for the Windy City Bulls and I think a lot of us, you all, when we're trying to share our faith, first off, this is one of the most passionate things that I, I love to talk about because, you know, church has kind of been created to be a, 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 an avenue in America where you just watch us talk with a microphone and then you go home. But really, the church is, our job is to equip and empower you for works of service out in your community. So the reason why we're having this panel is to equip you and encourage you to go out and be, because here's the thing. I think it's leslie uh i can't remember how he said his last name or how he pronounced it but an old church father he said he said that everyone is a spirit ordained missionary you're a missionary i know you may have not signed up for that but you're a follower of jesus you're a missionary because we're not here to just exist we're not here to just coexist together we're here to make disciples who make disciples let's keep that very clear that that is the mission You are at your workplace to make disciples. You're in your family to make disciples. You are raising your kids to make disciples. But here's the thing, and I wanna toss it to you, Glenn, is most of us feel like really discouraged when we first start, right? Because Paul said this, he said, some plant, some water, some harvest. And and get this, I'll share a quick story to tee this guy up for his answer. When I was a youth pastor, um, I, I was also serving as a college pastor. And when I was serving at Ball State University for four years, we baptized person after person after person. I mean, there was one night we baptized 17 kids. It was just incredible, okay? And I can celebrate that, but really, I was the harvester. You know who the planter was? The parents. The youth pastors. All the trips that people took to McDonald's with those students at 2 a.m. in the morning because they randomly hit them up, I need to talk to you about something, right? Right? And, and the youth pastor's like, do you really think I have time right now to wake up? You know, it's like, yes. And they go because they sacrifice. Those are the ones who planted in water. And I think so many times in evangelism, you don't realize it's so difficult at first because you are the planter. You are breaking up the soil. You might be the first person to share the gospel with them. And seven times later, they're going to accept Christ. And so Glenn had an experience recently where you got to lead one of your players to Christ. Can you share that story, bro, and just kind of how that came about? You don't have to share his name, obviously, to honor him, but just. Um,
2: <clears throat> if I can hit on that real quick. Yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, a player found out we were having chapel, and he was a, he was a believer. Um, but he, he, he saw the joy that the guys were coming out of chapel with, and he, he stopped me after a game and just said, hey, I want to give my life to Christ. Whatever it is that you guys are doing, whatever it is that's going on, like, I want to be a part of it. And I I said, you know, I went out and made sure he had an understanding of what was about to take place. Because sometimes we just pray the sinner's prayer and we don't let them know, um, you know, there's no action behind that, right? You're saved, right? No, I like to send them out on an assignment and let them know, this is what you're working towards and this is why you're doing it. Went out, prayed, sinner's prayer, talked for a minute and came back into the o- locker room. And you know, I asked him, can I announce, we announced that he gave his life to Christ the entire locker room, like just went crazy, right? Just loving on him. Um, but, and, and then less than a couple of days later, um, it was probably, 20, it was less than 24 hours later, uh, breaking news pops up on my phone that the same player that gave his life to Christ um, just signed an official contract. I'm trying not to tell him. He told me it's okay to be vocal about it, but he find, he signed a, a major the, one of the major contracts, the two-way contracts, with the big team from the G League, less than 24 hours later from saying, hey, I want to live for Jesus. And so um, that, that's just one instance, but there's one that I would really like to share, and that's a personal one. Um, a couple of years ago, well, a, little, a couple of years ago, however long it was, um, I had a, a best friend, and uh, we, we, I mean, he just kind of like looked up to me more so. He's a little bit younger than I am. But man, we were just locked in. You know, we just understood each other. We understood the assignment that was on our lives, all of the above. But we went, we suffered some adversity, right? Um, because of sometimes the people on the outside, right? They, uh, they, they start to have a voice um, behind the envy and the jealousy of the relationship that you have with people. So they start to try to put things in your ear about, and uh, obviously the things were were untrue, but we just kind of like started to part. And um, I had spent years—I'm um, going to share this with him. He knows this is our testimony. Uh, I had sp- spent years um, counseling um, him and his girlfriend to to uh, eventually be engaged, and then they're now married. Um, and I had spent years just kind of sewing into his life, you know, just loving on him. And when I say years, I mean years, we were locked in. He could show up at my house at 11 p.m. and my wife would not be mad, okay, for all my married folks in the house. You know what I mean? Um, But to make a long story short, um, we started to kind of part because of what someone else has said. and, And I was putting myself out there as I told those of you earlier this morning to continuously forgive even when things are starting to look a little rocky love forgive love forgive love forgive and I continued to put myself out there it wasn't getting really it wasn't reciprocating anymore I knew there was something but we had grown so far apart it was just like you know and God had spoke to me he said I'm separating you from him in this season because what I'm about to do in his life I have to be sure that he doesn't give you the credit for it. It broke me. You hear me? It broke me. And uh, just so you know, I'm a weeper. When the Holy Spirit hits me, I can't. Nobles was talking, and I almost, like, when the the Holy Spirit could come in the room, and the tears start flowing, and everybody could just be sitting here, and I could just know what's about to happen. But anyway, um, and and so I was uh, praying over this dude, covering him, great friend, right? said, what I'm about to do in his life I have to separate you because I don't want him to give you the credit for it. I had to take a step back and be obedient. I missed the engagement. I missed the baby shower. But by the time they walked down the aisle, he and I were so locked in once again and we had re, we're at this we're on this journey now where we understand each other and we understand that we can see the enemy working from a mile right. <clears throat> but it was so important because you talked about some plant, you know, some plant, and then some get to experience the harvest. Um, I'm glad that I was there to plant, and then God obviously brought up on the harvest from whomever it is that He used in that season. But now here we are, years, you know, a year or so later. And I got to experience, he came back to me and he said, I thank you for everything that you've ever done for me. I thank you for everything you've ever been in my life. And I want you to know, I love you and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I allowed different people out there, you know, to get in the way of what I knew was real. And I'm saying that I said, don't apologize because God's plan is absolutely perfect
0: that's so good
2: so i share that because we have to be okay with god's plan we have to be okay with role playing jesus when he came down he he played a role and he stuck to the script understand that he could have he could have he could have gotten off that cross he could have said this is enough he i mean come on let's talk about it but he followed the script our assignment in this day and age is. We get our flesh gets in front of the script. Our personal desires get in the way of the script. Yeah. What part are you playing in someone's life that God is trying to do something that's bigger than you? Yeah. That could save them and for generations to come. Yeah. Now he was like, I, I was able to have my son in wedlock. I was able to, I'm able to be married. I'm the only one in my family to get married. I'm the only one in my family to do all these things. He has these testimonies of how God used me, right? I'm so quick not to take that credit. How God used me to do X, Y, Z in his life. But I'm here to tell you, as I kind of shorten it for you, man, is that understand that we all have a role to play. We have a script. We have a script that we must follow in each and every person's life. And if you compromise it, if you drop the ball in even the smallest moment, you could alter their salvation. You could alter their eternity. You could alter where they spend eternity. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So I just wanted to share that. I, I know it's about more so about the, no, the bulls, and, and, yeah, yeah. and, you know, that's cool, right? But how many of us are here in our NBA chaplains, <laughs>
0: no. right?
2: You no, know, we're all experiencing these things even to on a personal level each and every day. And we have to understand that when you say, I present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Christ, that means God, break my heart if you have to. Make me cry myself to sleep if if you have to. Make me be hurt, make me be talked about, make me be persecuted if you have to. Because why? I gave my life to you. So now I'm saying I'm yours, use me as a vessel. We don't get to choose how we get to be used. We don't get to choose and sometimes it hurts but see, because we know we have God, because we know we have faith yeah. in Him and He's present at all times, understand that all things work for the good of those who love on, the Lord and who are called according to His purpose.
0: That's so good, Amen. man. And, and I, that was the same line of thought I was thinking about, Glenn, is that when we start to step out in our faith, and we'll wrap it up here in a couple minutes, you will get hurt, you will. And I think for me, uh, we were doing an event this weekend, just to keep it real and transparent, like we did an event called Heart of a Champion, and I was about to get up there and do a spoken word, and I was kind of replaying, like I had some flashbacks, I walk into the event, I just had some flashbacks to some things that happened in my past, and and ways that I've been hurt, ways that I hurt others, and, and the Lord was just bringing me back to his story, for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. How many times Jesus could have thrown up his hands and said, "No, this is too much." Like the way they're the way they're talking about me, the way that they're physically persecuting me, the way that they have shamed me and guilted me because because we live in a divisive world. You know that. But I think so many of us are afraid to step out because we want the approval of man, right? We we want people to, and what I, I've, I've shared with y'all before is. It's a Lecrae quote. He says, if you live for the acceptance of men, you will die by their rejection. So I think for me, as we're stepping out, as I'm stepping out in my faith as a pastor, as a chaplain, as an artist, I know that I'm signing up for people to talk bad about me. You up. The moment I did the all-star thing this weekend, you know what the Lord was preparing me for? All the opinions. Well, how did, You know how many DMs I got? How'd you, Andy, wait, people I haven't talked to in months just now texting me, right? And it's, it's, you're signing up for that. You are signing up for people. Jesus said this in Matthew 5. You're the salt and the light. You know what he also said? Rejoice in heaven when people falsely accuse you, when people say all kinds of things about you, when they persecute you. Church, you are signing up for that. So when it comes to sharing your faith, Please, count the cost. You have to count the cost because the moment you start to step into the deep end, the enemy is going to attack. He is going to manipulate things, contort things, and you have to know your identity in Christ. You have to spend so much time in the secret place. You have to spend so much time in intimacy with Christ that at the end of the day, I'm living for the audience of one. If he's pleased with me, if my inner circle is around me, who else do I have to fear? what anyone has to say about what I'm doing, right? And I think it's a gentle reminder that you have to have the right people in place in your life as you step out. You have to have people who will remind you who you are in Christ when people say all sorts of things about you. So that's why I'm grateful for these guys. We get together behind closed doors right before I go out and they're laying hands on me. They're praying for me. They're reminding me who I am and what my calling is. And so my prayer for you all too is that you would continue to be led to the right people, to speak purpose into your life. I want to wrap it up. I know we could share a, a lot of different things, and I'll, I'll toss it to you guys. Just Is, is there anything that the Spirit is just laying on your heart to share as we close, and I can share with a final word?
1: Yeah, so uh, literally what you just said about God, God calling the right people to you. Um, so I led a, a chaplain's training um, at one of our local universities a few months ago, and one of the things that God— Reminded me of, and again, th- this doesn't have to apply to us as chaplains. this applies to everyone, was the distinction and the purpose of God calling Paul after his conversion to Ananias. Mm. And there's an Ananias anointing on this house, and I'm going to explain it like this because this is what I shared. Uh, God loved Paul so much, God loved Saul so much, that he blinded him to his old life, changed his identity. And said, you know what, I'm not going to allow you to see or I'm not going to reveal all of who I am until you go to Ananias. So Ananias already knew who this man was, a persecutor of Christians, a murderer, this and that. And in the same vein, there are people that God calls to us as chaplains. There are people that God calls to you on your job who the world and society has seen and views as only one way. But as God is changing their identity, he's blinded them to their old life, and he's bringing them to you so that you can then begin to reveal who God is. Remember, when Paul comes to Ananias, his sight isn't immediately restored. Ananias begins to disciple him. He begins to pour God's word into him, and as a result, then the scales begin to fall from his eyes. And then Paul received his new sight, and he also received his new life. I just want to speak prophetically to this church that as you guys are for the city and for the one, that there's an Ananias anointing on this house and God is literally about to begin the process of blinding those that he's calling back to him, but their sight and who he's called them to be is only gonna be restored by connecting with one church.
0: Come on bro, come on man, come on.
1: (laughs) There are people in this city whose society has viewed as outcasts. They haven't even wanted to touch them because of what people have said about them, the rep that they have, what they've done, all these different types of things. God could have called Paul to anybody. He said, no, I'm gonna send you to Ananias. He's the one that I'm going to use to help restore you back to the very person I've called you to be. So that, that, that's my closing and encouraging words to you guys. Again, whether it's us in a chaplaincy space, you know, where God is using us to reveal uh, God's identity and his plan for whoever that person is, is the same vein that God can use you in that cubicle, same way God can use you in that office corner, same way God can use you on that Zoom call to help restore and help reveal who God is to the people that are lost and broken. Man,
0: that's so good, man. We got to give up for that word. That's so good, Nobles. Thank you for sharing that, bro. Glenn, I'll toss it to you, man.
2: Um, as I shared with a couple of people, and just you—you you can receive more than one word, right? <laughs> um, as I shared with the people um, earlier this morning. And I will continue to share um, as God kind of takes me through this journey. That pressure that you're feeling kind of feel like someone's kind of sitting on your chest in this moment. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's trying to push us into a place um, where we're willing to trust him relentlessly and unconditionally. And some of the things that you are and have experienced um, today, we talked about. We were all in your space. We were all in your jobs and your families. What we talked about up here, I'm sure, hit home um, for very many of you today. But I want to share this. and This is is my closing, I guess, um, is that God is calling us to love and forgive. Love and forgive repeat. I see you taking notes there. Love, forgive, and repeat. A pastor that I look up to and love, uh, he says that the people that take tangible notes, they they move them to the front of the line to get into heaven. (laughs) But uh, love and forgive and repeat. And the reason why I say that is because in order for you to open up what God truly has for you, you got to be willing to shed off the dead weight. The dead weight, meaning the hurt and the pain, the disappointment that you experience from whomever, even if it was you were a child going all the way back to childhood, whatever it is, find it. Think about it. Be okay. Understand that God is with you. Visit that moment and then decide in your mind that I'm not going to live another day harboring this in my heart. I'm not going to live another day allowing this this memory to torment me any longer but now god i'm literally opening opening my heart up to you for you to completely fix it heal it mend it and move forward so i just want to encourage you that god he makes all things new and 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 who, whomever you are whatever it is that you might be experiencing uh, right now in this situation, in this moment, let this be a word of activation that you be so intentional on today, this week, that when you encounter that person, when that person rings your phone that you haven't talked to, that you're
0: gonna enter that phone and you're gonna love them. Let me give it up for these two and everything they shared today is so good, so rich. And honestly, it's 1120. We could keep going for 40 more minutes. We're gonna have to do a podcast or something later. But um, y'all can go ahead and take your seat. I'll close out with just a a final word, just as your shepherd, as your leader. Would y'all stand to your feet with me? And I'm going to give you three points, just just playing, just playing, just playing, just playing. You know that moment when it's about to wrap up and then they have five more points? There's a quote that I want to share with you, and uh, it's from Jerry Colangelo. He won an award this weekend during All-Star Weekend that you're not going to hear about in the news. You're going to hear in the news about all the, the slam dunk things and the three-point shootout and all that stuff, and that's great, and that's fun. But he shared this quote on humility, and I think this really captures the heart uh, of what we're, we're talking about when we say we're for the city. We're going to get uncomfortable and step out And he said, what is humility? And he said this, humility is to forego your status, deploy your resources and invest for the good of others. So many of us, you all, we've been so blessed in this house. We have been entrusted with so many resources, you all. And like Oscar Chibwe, shout out to him, One of my players on my team he shared his testimony and it makes me emotional because this man grew up in the Congo literally grew up with nothing literally talked about his story gave his testimony at one of the the events that we did we can throw the picture up on the screen Jeremy if you have the one where he's talking in front of the podium shared his story with with all of us chaplains and a bunch of others that came and he came from nothing And literally, it's crazy. He started playing basketball, and he's 15 years old. First time he ever picked up a basketball. He's 24 in the NBA. Just a crazy start. He's using his platform for Christ. He's foregoing his status. He could use his status for his own advantage, right? He could use it for the clout. He could use it for his name and his naming rights. and, And he's choosing to lay down his life putting himself out there, the, the, the amount of comments that that man's getting on social media, you think two is hard? Talk about 2,000 of them coming into your inbox. He's boldly stepping out for Christ, investing in the good of others. And so I ask you this question as we close, who, who is your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Is it, is it literally, physically your neighbor next door to you? Is it your neighbor in your classroom? that you're teaching, is it it someone that you have a grudge against right now? I think one of the the best things we can do right now as believers, I mean it's first off biblical, but also right now in such a divisive world that we live in, is to forgive. You wanna talk about the love of Christ? You can preach the gospel. You wanna show the love of Christ? Forgive them. Forgive them. For they do not know what they do, I'll close with this, that we can't talk about all this without making the good news plain to you. Maybe you're in the audience, maybe you're with us online, and you're asking, Andy, I hear you talking about Christ and relationship and religion, but what? But what is the gospel? And the gospel is this, is that while you were dead in your sin, Christ died for you. We believe, let this be so clear, we believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that Even though because of our sin, we should be separated from God for eternity, we don't deserve anything but literally eternal damnation for God so loved the world, he so loves you, so loves me, so loves everyone that's with us online that he gave his one and only son so that you would not perish, that you would not be separated from God for eternity, but you would have eternal life, abundant life. And so for anyone that wants to even make that decision today, Today is the day of your salvation. Maybe it's with someone online watching from another country, another state, that today is the day of salvation. Don't keep pushing that off. Don't keep having one foot in for the world and one foot in for Jesus. But maybe today is your day to say, I'm going all in for Jesus. I'm giving him my entire life. So would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We worship you, God. And we thank you that you've called us to be salt and light in our spheres of influence, Lord. And we don't have to have a microphone to have a platform, Lord, but our platform is the three to five people that we're around. Our podium is our workplace. Our, our neighbor could be literally someone that we keep looking past, but you've called us to serve them and invite them into our home for a meal. So for the first response, for, for the believers, I just wanna give you this response. That if, if today is a day where you're saying as a believer, God, would you give me the boldness in the grace to move forward, to be salt and light in my sphere of influence. Just raise your hand. This isn't for me. This is just between you and the Lord to say, Father, I, I need more of you and less of me. I see your hands right now. So I just pray for the church, Lord, the body of Christ, Lord. Wherever we're coming from, no matter where you've called us, Lord, I pray for the power of your spirit to rest upon them. Lord, it says that you give your spirit and you give it without limit, Lord, that your spirit is like a living, flowing water, a river of life flowing through us. So, Father, I pray for the believers, God, you continue to encourage them, give them boldness, give them discernment, God, give them wisdom. God, even though they're scared that they may be camped in one way or the other, Lord, I pray that that they would come closer to you. Even as people falsely accuse them, Lord, and peg them as they drink the Jesus juice or whatever, Lord, I just pray you'd give them intimacy with you you Lord the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that their identity would no longer come from what others say but from what you say God and we pray what Paul prayed that as many as possible would be one to you Jesus as as a result of our obedience as a result of our faithfulness to you God that you would multiply the fruit of our labor to see many hundreds thousands millions to come to know you Jesus but it all starts with the one So Father, I pray lastly for the believers. You give them compassion for their neighbor because it all starts with compassion. God, break our heart for what breaks yours. Some of us may not even care about this conversation because we don't have the compassion of Christ yet, Lord. For the believers that need to forgive someone, that they're holding on to something, Lord, that someone from another church or someone from another movement or something from a lifestyle that they don't agree with that has made them mad. God, I pray for the compassion of Christ. The mercy and the grace of our Lord, Lord, wash us with that. And for the second response, for those that say, today is my day of salvation. Andy, I've heard this today, the good news that Jesus died for me. He rose for me, that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And I don't want to live under religion. I want to live in a relationship that's intimate and personal with Jesus Christ. Would you lift your hand right now if that's you? Anyone with us online, just lift up your hand. This is not for me, this isn't for one church, this is between you and the Lord to say, Father, I wanna give my life to you, and we're a family, so let's pray the salvation prayer together. You can pray quietly under your breath, Father, forgive me, I repent of all my sin. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. You died for me, you rose for me three days later. I give my life to you. I surrender to you, God. Everything is yours now. You're my savior, but be my Lord. Teach me and show me how to live. Fill me with the power of your spirit till I'm a river of life. It's in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen and amen. Can we lift the Lord? One more shout of praise. Everything he's doing, the way he's multiplying, expanding, giving us that fresh faith that we need. And as we close, we're going to sing together as a declaration to say, Father, let me be salt and light in the world. Let us start with an encounter with you. Let's worship together.